everyone and welcome to episode 99 of the Talking Football Podcast. My name's Derek Clark and every week we try and bring you a top class interview with some of the most engaging and interesting characters involved in the game. This week it was an absolute joy to sit down with former Motherwell favourite John Philibin. Softy was in fine form as he looked back on his time in the game from coming through the ranks of hometown club Stirling Albion, winning the Euros and starring at the World Cup for Scotland as a youngster, his time down south playing for Billy Bremner's Doncaster Rovers, his years at Fir Park including fallouts with Tommy McLean, how he felt about being omitted from the Scottish Cup winning team in 1991, playing with the likes of Davy Cooper, Phil O'Donnell and others, his coaching career his second career as a driving instructor. As ever, it's packed full of stories and plenty of laughs throughout. So sit back and enjoy the latest episodes of the Talking Football Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Talking Football Podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to say we're joined on the line this week by former Monero legend John Philip and John, thank you very much for, for coming on. No problem, Derek. Happy to be here. Um, great career, of course, John, but we're just talking off air before we come on, though, about, um, of course, you've got your, your driving school at the moment, itching to get back to work, I'd imagine. Well, actually, I'm. I never thought I'd hear myself saying that uh, I'd miss my work, but I've been off since the 26th of November, and it's a long time, a long time, and it's, I'm just desperate to get back. Yeah, I bet you are. Yeah, it's been, it's been a long time, hasn't it? For Have you suffered by, by, with any of the, the COVID stuff, John, at all? Have, have you been okay? No, thankfully, uh, me and all of my family actually have been okay. Uh, my wife's been fine, my two daughters are fine, and my sisters and my mother's been fine as well. Yeah, yeah and you've got your vaccine as well, you, you were telling me, so... Um... I got my first vaccine four weeks ago, and luckily enough for me, I had no, no ill effects, so... Uh, it's all good. Fantastic, excellent stuff. Well, let's look at the career then, John. Um, growing up back in uh, Stirling and when you were born back in 1964, were you always kicking the ball around? Hey, I would say so, aye. Yeah. At an early age, uh, I was out in the streets. Back in the days, you were out in the streets kicking the ball with your pals. And uh, my dad, actually, he was a, a football player as well. He played the Stirling Albion as well, so... Oh. Uh, I was sort of like what he fall in his footsteps, uh, but for an early age, uh, I was a boy at your feet all the time, you know. Yeah, did you go and watch Stirling Albion then as a, as a kid? Yeah, well actually, uh, I went right through the ranks with Stirling Albion, I started off as a ball boy when I was about 8 years old, <laughs> uh, then I signed for them at 16, and then I came back to Stirling Albion as manager in uh, 1998 when I left Motherwell, yeah. had two years there. And then I went back to model was under twenty one coach. Yeah, I guess the day when you were a boy there, when you were a ball boy and all that sort of stuff. Did you play for boys clubs before still in Albion, or did they have boys clubs themselves? Uh, my first no, um, no back in that day. Yeah. Uh, my first recollection was probably the Cubs when I played yeah. with the Seventh Wallace in Stirling. Um, I would have been about seven, eight years old, and then I played with uh, a Stirling boys club, and we were lucky enough to win the Scottish Cup. Under 13 level, and they still in boys club. I moved on to Gearbrook United, which is a club in Carnshaw near Larbor. Yeah, and from there I got picked up with still in Albion. Yeah, fantastic stuff. You must have been delighted at that playing. For, I mean, there as a, as a young boy, and when did you make your debut? Quite young when you were still in Albion, John. I made my debut when I was 16. I was, um, I was the youngest player to play for still in Albion. Yeah, I was 16 back in um, March. I, uh, actually, I signed on a Thursday night, after, one night after training, and the, the, I think it was the first day September. And um, signed on the Thursday night. I played with Gerda on the Saturday as a sort of final game, and then we had a midweek game on the Tuesday night against Clyde Bank. And uh, sitting in the changing room, I didn't took my boots. Because I thought I was in the squad, but I thought there was no chance of playing. And um, Alex Smith read out the team, and there was a, a guy there as well who had the second name is Sullivan. And I just heard the van, and I thought, "Oh, was that me?" And I thought, "No, it couldn't be." So I was barely listening, to be honest. 
But when Alex Smith and George Peebles finished the team talk, all the players came over and said, all the best, good luck. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, I've not got my boots. I've left my boots in the house. I had to get one of the coaches to drive up to my mum and dad's to get my boots. So that, I was only, I mean, I'd only signed on the Thursday and this was the following Tuesday. Jeez. And I made my debut in a 0-0 draw against Clyde Bank. Yeah, the, the, can you remember much about the game? Um, other than it being no, no, nothing, nothing major, eh? nothing dramatic. Um, um, I don't think I go booked, which is probably a wee bit unusual. <laughs> but nothing, nothing more than that. No. So you mentioned Alex Smith was there at the time. I mean, absolute legend of the game. What, what was he like as a, as a manager, John? Hey, Alex Smith was, well, for me. Uh, and also, at that time at Stirling Albion, they had a great crop of young boys. There was me, John Cahoon, yeah. who went to Celtic. Yeah. Brian Grant went to Aberdeen. Robert Dawson went to St Myrne. Yeah. Uh, Willie Irvin went to Hibs. And there was a few other younger local boys. He was really good for the younger local boys who he always gave a chance. Him, George Peoples, and a couple of ex-players who really helped me along the way was uh, Robert Duffin and Jim Burns. Yeah. Uh, but Smithy was always if you were good enough you were old enough Yeah. and he always gave the young boys a chance but like I said he was great for me you, Do you always play at the, the, the back John or did you play any other positions? Well funny enough when I signed with the Albion I, I, I signed as a right back Yeah. Uh, but there was a lot of the times where I kind of played a central sitting role in midfield Yeah. and um, once or twice in desperation he threw me up front <laughs> Just because I think I had a hard shot. <laughs> um, 1982 was some year for you um, when you went away with, with Scotland. Did, were you playing with Scotland at that point or did you, were you playing with Scotland at a younger age? Yeah, I played with Scotland the, fall, uh, the previous year, sorry. Yeah. Uh, there was a tournament in Cannes. Yeah. And then Alex Smith came out one Saturday and said to me, um, you're not playing a right back today. And I'm like, oh, am I getting dropped? And he says, no, no. He says, I'm going to play you centre-half. Andy Roxburgh is looking for a centre-half for the Scottish youth team that was going to the Cairns International Tournament. Yeah. He says, and uh, I told him that you can play centre-half. So I just want you to go in and play centre-half. So I went in and played uh, centre-half. Must have done all right. Because the squad was actually getting announced the following night on the Sunday night. And uh, I got a phone call from Alex Smith on the Sunday night saying, you've been picked for the Scotland squad, you'll need to get a passport. Because I didn't have a passport. <laughs> and uh, I says, oh, I was working at um, Alexander's Coach Builders at the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, he asked for t- to get time off for work. I says, I don't know if I'll get time off. He says, well, you're going to be away a week, 10 days. And I says, well, he asked my work. He says, I'll sort it out for your, for your work. So I had to get a passport, and then go into my work and speak to the people I was working. To be fair, any time I needed to get away with Scotland, uh, Alexander's were great. Yeah. Although there was one occasion when we went to the World Cup, uh, the guy who was in charge of all the apprentices wasn't really a football man, and at first he said, no, I couldn't get three weeks off. <laughs> but I went above his head and I was sorry. Yeah. But 1982 was a great year, eh, to come back to that. After playing in Cairns in 81, we went to Finland, uh, won the European Championships, and yeah. luckily enough, I scored a goal in the final. Yeah, you did. Um, we had uh, Ian Westwater on a wee while back, uh, John. He, he, he was, he, he loved, he, he was speaking of that, and he says it was one of the best trips of his life and all that. Great great achievement. Uh-huh. Well, it must have been some some something to be a part of that. Well, for me, it was because uh, me, well, Pat and Evan as well, we were the only two part-time players. Wow. And... Um, in Finland, uh, that was really, well, the week away with Scotland squad in Cairns, it was a, a, a great tournament because we played Italy and Brazil, and I think it was East Germany at the time we played there. But we went to Finland, uh, it was a lot more serious in the sense because if we did well in that tournament, we had a chance of qualifying for the Mini World Cup in Mexico the following year. And uh, for me, as a a 16, 17 year old boy playing part time football, yeah. playing me like Paul McStay, and you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting next to him in the bus looking at him going, That's Paul McStay. Well, I'm, I'm John Fullerton, still in Albion. That's Paul McStay. <laughs> and it was just crazy for me. 
<laughs> I, I was going to say that you're, you're mixing with these boys. Um, did, did you sort of feel in awe, or did, did you take it in your stride to, and just feel that you, you deserve to be part of this the setup? Um, at first, I think I was a wee bit nervous, but once I got in and got to know a few of the boys, it, it was fine. Yeah. Um, because. Funny enough, when I was growing up, I was a bit shy, but I was I was totally different when I was running apart. Yeah. Because playing at, at 16, 17, and the first team at Stirling Albion made me grow up really quick, eh? Yeah. You, you were treated as a man. You, yeah. you weren't treated as a wee boy. And then when I got picked for Scotland, obviously there were doubts in my mind that well, I'm not good enough. And I, but I kept getting picked, and I kept playing. And, and I think the more I got picked and the more I played, um, the more I got comfortable. And yeah. to be fair... All the boys I played with, most of them they were great, eh? Yeah, but Andy Roxburgh was the coach, of course, and, and, and Walter was, was assisting them as well. What, what, yeah. what, what were they like, John? They were good. Um, Walter Smith was really good for me because he, on a couple of occasions, took me to a side just to build up my confidence and say, look, you yeah. deserve to be here. But when they pick you, if they didn't think you could do it, and you know, it's, it's going to happen for you because at that stage, I was desperate to go, I wanted to go full-time, eh? Yeah. I was I was playing with Stirling Albion in the second division and I was I was doing well and there was reports every week to scouts at games, not just watching me, like I said, John Cahoon, Brian Grant, Robert Dawson. But when you went to Scotland, you know, it, it seemed a much bigger stage. Yeah. But the more I played, the more I felt comfortable and I think I could handle it. Yeah. You mentioned you scored in the final against the Czechs, you won three one. What's what's your memories of that game, John? Yeah, well, the funny thing about that, I'd, I'd said, though, funny enough, all week along that I had a feeling I was going to score. Yeah. I, in the last minute, a half, to put Scotland 1-0 win win up. And when we were playing the A-games, there were 40 minutes per half. Yeah. There were only 45, there were 40, and I scored in the 39th minute. It was a corner to the right, uh, go flicked on, I think, the Ali Dick at the near post, who's another Sterling yeah. boy. Went to school with him at St. Bowden's. And uh, it just felt to me, and I, I just rifled it home, eh? Yeah, yeah, magic. Amazing. See, you mentioned Ali. He went to play for Ajax, didn't he? And he was, he played for Spurs as well. That's right, he was playing with Spurs at the time. Uh, but like I said, he was a... I've known Ali since we were six, seven-year-olds here, but we're in the same club group together. A lady called Mrs Shaw, who's well, famous in Stirling for uh, what she did with all the young boys. And then he went to Simone's. We played together at Simone's, and then he went down to Spurs. Yeah. I think he, he went to Ajax he got a really bad yeah. injury there for them. Yeah. I see him play, I see him now and again in Stirling he's, he's back in Stirling as well and yeah. I still see him now and again as well yeah cracking so uh, see when you I mean that, that's some achievement that for, for Scotland at, at, at that young age did, did you sort of feel pressure going into that final at all or do you just being young and that sort of thing you, you don't really think of that I don't think I don't think we feel any pressure eh? Yeah. I think the biggest pressure was um, the game against Holland yeah. when we needed a draw we knew we needed a draw to win the group and uh, they had Marco Van Basten playing oh. in that game <laughs> and he actually I think he opened the scoring yeah. and then Gary McGuinness uh, he flies for us and then I, I think they held out comfortably yeah. uh, for that but I don't think going into the final we were all just looking forward to it eh? the yeah. game couldn't have come quick enough for us and it was I think it was destiny for us. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's a proud moment. I guess your, your family must have been re- really proud of what you've done there as well, John, I'd imagine. Aye. Well, when we came home, Alex Smith had drove us back to the airport and my mum and dad had the Scotland flag yeah. with the window with European champions and me and Ali and my mum and dad and Alex Smith and my granddad. My mum had brought my granddad up to do a picture for the local paper that's still an observer and it was... Yeah. Flashed across the front of the paper. Uh, it was a really proud moment. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, from there you would qualify for that mini World Cup that you mentioned. Uh, you went to, uh, you went and played uh, Mexico, Mexico, South Korea, and uh, Australia, didn't you? Another great experience for you. Oh, unbelievable! The biggest thing though in Mexico was um, when we came off the plane and we were driving out the city centre. Like you had these mansions. Yeah. like million pound mansions and then within a hundred yards you had the shanty town and then we got taken to this place uh, a lovely hotel and then we got taken always remember we got taken to this uh, Scottish Association Club in Mexico with all the expats and everybody who had a bit of Scottish blood 
more treated like kings. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, it was unbelievable. <laughs> but the heat was the heat was uh, terrible. We went to Colorado and uh, America for a week to acclimatise, and we played a couple of games over there before we went down to Mexico because we were playing at altitude. But, uh, I always remember Brian Rice suffered really bad because he was ginger hair yeah. and white skin, and uh, he struggled. And really, uh, I think it was the first game uh, against. It'd have been South Korea, I think, the first. Yeah. It was a South Korea. It was a South Korea on Mexico, uh, Australia, sorry. And uh, he had to get oxygen at half time Oof. because he just couldn't get a breath. Yeah. That was a great experience. Again, I missed, I didn't play in the first two games and I got brought back in for the Mexico game, the third game. And uh, we beat them 1-0 in the Azteca Stadium in front of, I think it was 90,000 people. and. <laughs> After the game, they were burning the Mexican flags, but we'd knocked them out and bus got bricked. And oh, it was unbelievable. But the experience was great. The disappointing thing about Mexico was we played Poland in the quarterfinal. Yeah. And we'd played Poland the previous two years and beat them. I think the first time was 5 0, then 2 0 in Finland. We beat them in Finland. And they scored in three minutes. And then they just sat in. And we, it was one of the games where we had chance after chance, but yeah. but hit the post. The keeper would make an absolute wonder save, and we just couldn't just couldn't score. Yeah, but we're on the plane the next day back home. Yeah, now, see, touch- I was, yeah, I was- so, so on the way back, the, the, the conversations were, oh, I'm glad we've got, I've got two weeks off. I've got, but you didn't soft it. Oh, I'm going back to my work tomorrow. <laughs> back, uh, back to building buses. <laughs> You, you, you'd, yeah, leave, you'd leave eventually, John, of course. Um, you get a move down south in Doncaster. Um, was there any other teams in for you? Or, or was the day come up and you went, oh, I'm, I'm away here? No, well, what happened was um, the season before, uh, John Cahoon had left to go to Celtic. Yeah. And the story, the story Alex Smith came back and said to me that Celtic wanted to sign me as well. But Sterling Albion were looking for something in the region about 100, 120,000 for the two years at that time yeah. and they thought it was too much money but Alex Smith had always said to me look if Celtic if anybody comes in for you Celtic will, will, will be in touch with Celtic to let them know yeah. but then I played with Scotland against England uh, at Ibrox in the European qualifier actually yeah. and Billy Bremner had a couple of players in the English squad and Alex Smith and Billy Bremner grew up together and they were as close as Steve's yeah. thickest face together. So he'd seen me in that game, seen me in the game against England at Highfield Road and I think that's where the interest developed and then I got a phone call from Alex Smith saying, you need to get yourself into Anfield uh, and he talked to you right away. So I went in, he says, there's a club want to buy you, they're willing to put 70 grand on the table. He says, we've already accepted the offer, it's up to you. So I'm like, uh, say, who's the club? And she's Doncaster Rovers. And then he goes on to explain to me about Billy Brenner. No, he didn't need to explain to me about Billy Brenner because, <laughs> I knew it. yeah. And he says, look, and I says, well, what about Celtic? He says, well, we've been in touch with them and they still think the money we're won is too much for a young boy. It's too much of a risk. He says, there's very few clubs up here who are going to pay that kind of money for a young boy. Yeah. So I says, right, I'll go and talk to them. So, the next thing I know, I'm up at Presswick Airport because the chairman for Doncaster had flown him and Billy Bremner up in a private jet. Sitting and talking to Billy Bremner and no really taking it in because I'm talking to Billy Bremner. <laughs> and I'm looking at Alex Smith for a bit of guidance and he's saying, you know, he says, the guy in charge was a guy called Peter Wetzel who supplied clothes for all the Mars and Spencer stores in Britain. He was a multi-millionaire. Yeah. And they had a plan for Doncaster Rovers. It was a 3-2-1. Because they were doing really well in the, excuse me, the fourth division. They were sitting saying, so they were going into third, going to the saying, and going to go to one. So I'm sitting there talking, and he says, right, are you signing? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I need to talk to my mum and my dad. And she says, right, we're staying here at night. He says, give me a decision in the morning. So I went home and, Spoke to my parents and I said, uh, probably Celtic. I said, well, Celtic, I'm not going to pay the money for me. And Alex Smith says, he says, you may get a lesser club when your contract runs out or whatever. He says, uh, but if I see you being in England, 
going to the fourth division into the third, and he's saying, and see my Sam for there. So I said, aye, fair enough. So I decided to sign. Next day, I'm back at Prestwick Airport in the private jet, getting phoned down to Doncaster. And my, my mind's out. I'm, I didn't care what I'm doing. Eh? <laughs> I not what I'm doing. So that's me. I'm a Doncaster Rovers player. And when me or the rest of the boys, uh, we're training in really well. And for the first couple of training sessions, it was weird for me because, like, normally after a training session at part-time, you change away and you're back to your house, your home, because yeah. it's night time. So all the boys are like, right, we're going for lunch, we're doing this, we're doing that. And I'm like, what's happening here? Is this the norm? <laughs> but to be fair, I was doing it at Doncaster for two and a half years, and yeah. I had a great time doing there. And uh, I think... Uh, it was a, an experience that definitely benefited me in the long term. Yeah. See, when you, you joined him, did you have to go and tell your work, your off ski, your way down to Doncaster? Did, what, what did your boss say then? <laughs> well, <it was> a, <laughs> as far as I can remember, it was a phone call saying, I'm not coming back. <laughs> then, to, be, to be fair, I said to them, um, I'm going to set my exams because uh, my exams, I was in my final year in my apprenticeship. Um, I signed that on the 15th of March was a day after my birthday yeah. I turned 20 but I just phoned them and says I'm leaving I'll be back in May set my exams and that was it <laughs> and I mean this jeez my dog's bum uh, the 70 grand debt uh, was a club record fee wasn't it John did you feel any added pressure because of that well again I don't think I'll, once I stepped onto the football part nothing you know my mind's once I crossed that white line, anything that's happened behind me or off the park didn't affect me. Yeah. There was one of, I think there were one or two people because I was described as a centre half and I'm only about 5'10, five, 5'11. Five, people were surprised I was centre half because down there they're 6'2, six 6'3. Foot six foot but um, once I played a few games and did well in a couple of games, I think uh, people didn't really talk about it too much. Yeah. And, and Billy- it didn't worry me. Yeah, and, and Billy Bremner, what, what was he like to, to, to play under and, and oh. you just sort of staring and all the guy? I, I, well, t- to be fair, I I was annoyed the guy for a while because I, he used to take part. When I first went down there, he was still taking part in training yeah. and he could still play and he was all the wee passes, all the wee flicks, he, he was brilliant. And then we could spend, after training, you could spend two, three hours just sitting listening to him talking about Legion yeah, well. 8. Yeah. Stories he tell. One of, the, one, of the things, one of the things I remember about him, he didn't feel heat. We played at Brentford uh, on a Friday night and after the game, they had a, a communal bath, a big bath, and he jumped in it and he just sat and he sat down and it was just his head through the water. Next thing, two or three boys jumped in and it was like, ah! <laughs> the water was golden. They've, they've jumped in and jumped out. He stood up and he was pure red and it was just, I didn't feel the heat. But, uh, but he was great. Uh, I mean, the, the, the thing with coming to Sterling and him coming to Sterling, he was a bit, I always felt yeah. he was a wee bit hard on me. Eh? Yeah. Especially pre season. If I was <laughs> near the front of that, if I was near the front of the pack, he'd be chasing me up all the time. <laughs> again, he was just probably for the best of me anyway. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Uh, uh, Bellevue, what was that like playing there? Because that was, was it one of the biggest uh, pitches in, in the country at the time, was it? Uh, I liked playing there. I like playing there to be fair. It reminded me a bit of the, when I went to Motherwell, like, it was kind of a similar. I had the old stand yeah. and then had the terracing at the far side. Uh, but I, I loved Doncaster for my two and a half years down there. The people yeah. were great. There, like, there were a lot of Scottish people down there as well um, who lived in Doncaster because of the pits. Yeah. But they had a few Scottish players as well, like a guy called Billy Russell, Colin Douglas. In fact, they're all like Celtic players. Yeah. Colin Douglas was a striker, Billy Russell right back, and Jim Dobbin, who played there in the youth team as well, he signed the day after me, and then John Buckley, who was at Celtic, the winger, yeah. he signed, I think it was a couple of weeks after me Dobby as well, so, yeah. and uh, to be fair, the, the group of guys who had at Doncaster again were great, I'm, I'm not really been in a changing room where there's been any animosity or anything like that at all. Yeah. Was, uh, was John Beck there at, at the time? Was he a player there? No, I don't think so. You know I think that? I think he came after me. Came after you. Um, can you spend time? You had a wee loan spell at Cambridge as well. Um, Aye, I broke a bone in my foot. Yeah. Uh, I had a tarsal. Yeah. Uh, my foot, 
And um, actually, when I broke the bone in my foot, the, the, the day days there were only one sub, and we'd used their sub at half time, and I've, I heard a crack. My, and Billy Bremer kept me on and played me a right wing. <laughs> and I couldn't move, eh? They said, oh, you'll just be a nuisance out there. That, that was it. And then after the game was finished, I got to the hospital, I got broke my bone in your foot. <laughs> I um, When I was coming back to injury for that, Mayor Tarsal, um, Dave Kuzak was in charge. Yeah. He don't ask him because Billy Bremer moved on to Leeds. Yeah. And um, he said to me, he said, look, we, we need to get you fit, but we need to get you playing. Yeah. And uh, he said, I can get you doing to Cambridge United for a month. So in doing there, I think I played, it was either four or five games in there. Yeah. Did, how did you find uh, English football, John? Was it a bit different from what you what you are used to? Uh, well, when I'm in doing it, I thought it was just a bit, it was a bit more physical. Yeah, and especially in the fourth division, because like like I said, like for, like me, I was only sort of five foot ten, but uh, but they were looking for your centre half to be six foot, but yeah. bruisers, eh? Yeah, and the mould that I'm not saying Terry Butcher's a bruiser, but that kind of mould. Yeah. Like, Big bulky boys who went to do. It was really physical. I remember I think it was my second game. There was the uh, we played York, which is a local derby. York were top of the league, we were second. And uh, oh my god, it was a battle <laughs> for ninety minutes. It's just kicking lumps to each other and getting away with it. I mean uh, I think if, if I was to be playing today I'd get ten off every week. I mean for some of the some of the you are not allowed to tackle anyway. No, no, it's, I mean, it's... I'm not I'm not talking about going near the ball or even going in hard on somebody. Yeah. Even to get away with that nowadays. Aye. It's, it's like non-contact now. It's, it's completely uh, alien exactly. to, to, to back oh, in the day. Um, tell me about it. Um, I was going to say as well, was there any place you, you, you didn't like going to any grounds that you went, oh, I, I don't fancy going here today? Um, no, not really. No, nothing springs to mind. Well... <laughs> Albion Rovers is always one that <laughs> you didn't like on there. No, because the changing rooms were just so wee. Aye. So, they're so tiny. You yeah. couldn't get a full squad in there. Yeah. Uh, but no, there's, there's no, grounds, um, no grounds I didn't like going to play. There's a couple of grounds I didn't like playing at because we didn't do well uh, at Motherwell. For the, the first few seasons I was at Motherwell, Edinburgh was a bad, uh, never, never seen me get a result at Tyne Castle or... Yeah. Easter Road, uh, but other than that, no, see, no. See when you're on, see when you're down in in, in Doncaster, were you staying in, in Diggs down there? I stayed in Diggs. I went down in the March. Uh, stayed in Diggs up until the end of the season, um, and then when I came back, Jim Dobbin had uh, bought a house, so I moved in with Jim Dobbin. Yeah, yeah. and then we probably. The, Oh, eight nine months later, I bought a wee place in my own. Yeah, I uh, A wee three bedroom uh, mid terrace house for I think it was twelve grand. Have <laughs> <laughs> you, you ever watched uh, Open All Hours? I, I have seen it. Yeah, they 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 brought out a new one now, haven't they? Aye, they see the old one. Aye, with David Jason. It was it's who is, is it? It's who's in it? Aye, David Jason and uh, Ronnie Barker. Aye, they filmed that in the corner of Mass Street in Doncaster. No way. Aye. <laughs> awesome. That's my claim. That's my actual claim of fame. I'm in the same street as open all hours. <laughs> That's cracking. It's a good pub question, that. Um, see, when you, you, you left then, you came back up the road. Um, did you want to leave at that point, John? Did, or did you, were you a bit homesick or whatever? No, no. I, well, funny enough, when I came back, um, Dave Kuzak took care. And his assistant, oh, what was that? I can't mind his name, but he's just, he brought his assistant in who was, I can't mind his name, but he was a right back. Yeah. And I was playing right back again because Dave Kuzak was a centre back. And he, he, he's playing him in front of me. And I kind of knew the right was on the wall for me at that stage. Yeah. But when um, he told me, he said, Look, I, I picked up a, a wee hamstring thing. And he says, uh, There's a club in Scotland, want to sign you. I says, Who is it? He says, Mother. He says, uh, I want you to take you. Uh, three or four days off, go up the road, have a look at the place and see what you think. So my initial thought was, oh, great, I'm getting three or four days off. I'm just going up the road to see my family and stuff, yeah. uh, my pals, and that'll be it. So I came up and I came in and I spoke to Tommy McLean and 
uh, at first I wasn't really that impressed and, because I was on quite a good way in Doncaster and he was not offering me what I was wanting and I thought nah I'll just go back to Doncaster but then after I came back my family and my friends biting in my ears saying oh mother was not bad with your team Tommy my friends got them playing well and they're doing well and blah 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 and she said oh we want you back and come back up the road and I'm like, I don't know I'm not 100% sure so I'm driving back through to Motherwell to talk to Tommy McLean again. And I'm saying, am I going to sign him? I hadn't made my mind up. Yeah. And then I'm going to Fort Park and Tommy McLean offered me the deal. And I'm saying, I'm not 100% sure. Then he offered me just a wee bit more. And I thought, well, if I'm going to go back to Johnny Doncaster, I'm probably going to be sitting in the reserves and sitting in the stand, the stand of the Saturday. I say, is I okay? I'll sign. So that's it. And then it was a 12-year prison sentence. <laughs> they time off for good behaviour there. <laughs> um, coming up then, uh, you're, coming up, you're going to be playing in, in, in the Premier League. Did you notice a, a, a step up or was it pretty much what... what sort of oh, def- aye, definitely a step up. Uh, I would say um, coming back to... We were third division at, at Doncaster at the time and going back in the Premier League. Funny enough, again, my, well, my debut was against Rangers. And I hadn't expected to be playing because I had this this wee niggle. Yeah. And uh, but he gave me a fitness test on the Thursday and to see if I get a reaction on the Friday. And uh, it actually felt alright. So he says, right, I'm going to play on the Saturday against Rangers. And I says, right, fair enough. And then after that, I was more or less played every game. Well, to the end of the season. Yeah. So I signed, I signed, I signed in September. I think it was September. And how, how did you find Tommy McLean uh, to play under John? Uh, I think me and Tommy had a love-hate relationship. <laughs> he loved to hate me and I loved to hate him. <laughs> to be fair, I, I think early, early on it was, um, it was pretty good. But I mean, I was here 12 years, so obviously it was a big part of my career. Yeah. But Great tactically, but I think his man management could be better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the nickname Softy, where does that come from? Uh, it came to David Steedman at Stirling Albion when I was 17. Uh, <laughs> I'd played in a reserve game on a Friday night and uh, I got stretchered though. I never walked or I got stretched. I got playing yeah. off the stretcher. A guy, Scott Maxwell, played with heart. Yeah. Came across, caught me on the knee. I think I must twisted my knee and I'm getting stretched off the park. And then the following day, um, the four, I was in the squad for the first team up at Dundee. So again, did a fitness test, passed the fitness test, and when all the first team boys heard what had happened on the Friday night, they went, what, straight to draw? I said, no, that's softy, big softy, that's it. And it stuck. And I've been called softy since I was 17. Funny, Alec McQueen, when he came to Motherwell, and he was taking the warm-up and he says, when I shout your name, come out and do an exercise. So you were just on the spot jogging and he's like, uh, Tommy. So Tommy Coins when he had done an exercise. Doogie. Doogie. <laughs> John. And I'm standing there. <laughs> like, John. Oh. And Doogie Anna says, Softy, that's you. <laughs> they because they join a part with my mum. <laughs> That's superb. Um, you mentioned, you rhymed off some of the players you played at Motherwell. They had some cracking players there that you mentioned, that, like you said, Tommy Coyne, yeah. Stevie Kirk, Chris McCart. You could rhyme them off. Tommy Boyd and all that there. Uh, well, I played with two great Motherwell teams. Um, yeah. The Scottish the Scots Cup final team. Yeah. A great team. It's unbelievable. The achievement of that team, I mean, for a club like Motherwell, to get even in the semi final and beat Celtic 4-2 and we were unlucky in the first game actually yeah. Ian Ferguson had a free kick near the end that rattled the bar that should have took us through uh, but and then the team after that uh, kind of like the team that Tommy McLean built in 93-94 and he left and Alec McLeish came in 94-95 uh, it was just like Stevie Woods in goal a back three uh, uh, Chris McCard myself Brian Mann two wing backs Rab Shannon yeah. Rab McKinnon and in the middle of the park, you have Paul Lambert, Jamie Dolan, Billy Davis, Tommy Coyne, and Dougie Arnold up front. Yeah. For me, I, if I had my pick of the two teams, that team 
would probably be my best team. Yeah. Because I feel that's when I played my best football that season. Because if a team scored one against us, we'd go and score two. Yeah. If they score two, he's go three. It was, that has been the best season in my football career, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, is he touched on that, that Scottish Cup? Uh, don't mention the Cup final. No. <laughs> don't mention it. I'm going to cut you off. <laughs> I'm going to mention the run up to the Cup final. All oh, uh, right, right. That's that, all right. That, that, that game against Celtic, i seen that the boy uh, calling in the only strike that he scored. Have you seen a better goal than that, John? What a beauty that was. Unbelievable. By the way, do you know that he actually scored a pure half now? That's what he's saying. <laughs> he's just inside their half. Uh, I mean, what a strike. What can you say, eh? Yeah. What a strike. To be fair, Stevie Kersko was a great goal that night as well. Yeah. We were so lucky though. We were so fortunate in the first half that we were still in the game because for the first 10, 15 minutes, Celtic pummeled us. Yeah. And I actually should, I got, a, I got an assist for Anton Rogan's goal because uh, it was a corner, played in the middle of the box, I slipped, he seized it off my back and then stuck in the rebound. <laughs> so I was claiming an assist. <laughs> The like? second half was totally different. Yeah. That, for me, that was Tommy McLean's best ever team talk. He says, at this moment, you're at the cup. It's up. You've got 45 minutes to go out there, do yourself justice, and get to the cup final. And that's what he said. Yeah. He never ranted, he never raved. He says, you've got 45 minutes to save the Scottish Cup. Yeah. And we've been doing bottling enough and none of it. Done the business. Uh, did, did you enjoy playing, playing at Hamden, John? Was that something you took in your stride? I love that. The big games. Yeah. Any big yeah, I think that's what players play for, eh? Yeah. The, 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 I mean, playing at Hamden in the semi-finals, going to party, going to Ibrox, uh, Petordre, even Tannadice when it or Tyne Castle. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know I didn't like playing there, but the atmosphere was great. Playing in any big game, that's yeah. what most people want to play the game for. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the cup final then. Um... Oh, no. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> nice talk to you, there. You're, you're, ov- you're obviously raging, didn't you? Not, not, not that you've been overlooked there. Yeah, it's, it's one of the things. Yeah, it's, it's uh, again, it's what you play for, eh? Aye. Play a chance of winning a medal. Aye. And that season has probably been my worst season for Park in the sense of appearances. Yeah. Because in 1991, the opening game of the season, we played on D United, and we got beat one 0 the following week, the, um, there was one change to the 13, and it was me. I was totally taking out the 13 altogether. So I went in to see we Tommy, and I says, uh, what's the score here? I says, one change. I says, and it's me. He says, what's happening? He says, well, what's it going to do with you? He says, I pick the team. He says, it's up to me who plays and who doesn't play. I says, ah, fair enough. I says, just let you know, I'm, I'm not happy. He says, well, if you're not happy, you came with today, eh? I says, aye. I says, you'll have it tomorrow morning on your desk at nine o'clock. <laughs> so I've come in with a written transfer request. <laughs> and for that minute on, uh, from there until the end of January, I didn't train with the first team. I didn't train with the reserves. I trained with the young ones. Wow. And Luke Nyho, even in, I think it was October, Luke broke his leg at Parkhead. Yeah. And I thought, oh, there's a wee chance to get back in. No, never done it. And I always remember um, we played a reserve game up at um, Perth. And Luke was on the comeback trail. And we were again playing three centre-backs and Luke pushed up to try and play offside. Me and the other centre-back go left in. Four through the middle. Boys ran through the middle scored. Yeah. So at half-time, I'm sitting and it was time for size who takes the team top. So I'm just sitting. He's doing not really listening because I didn't think it was my yeah. fault. And the next thing is, you, you, and then you know that you recognise your voice and you know he's talking to you. Aye. You know he's talking to you. And I kind of look up there and it's the gaffer and he's like, you fight, you didn't play off. I said, oh, wait a minute. I said, it's not me. I'm not playing offside. I said, it's this middle centre back. He's running out, no saying anything, no shouting to the other two, up you go. I said, the boss played into his face, boys run through and scored. He said, you come in and blame me. I said, blame him. Because by this time, this is for August, and this is January. My head's away, eh? My head's away. He says, don't you ever talk to me like that. Come into my office nine o'clock the next morning. So I'm all right, eh? So I'm in nine o'clock. 
first in the tears when Paul Scott mocked yeah. it. Yeah. What was... Uh, it was? No, it was a hard day for me because, like, I'd probably had about a bus and a half to still yeah. going through it, and I had to phone my wife and say, look, phone my family, tell them I'm no playing. Aye. Uh, and to this day, I don't know why. Eh? I never got an explanation about why I wasn't playing. Like I said, the first round of Aberdeen, which was the end of January, to the last game of the season against Hearts, I played every game. Aye. And I tell you, I missed one game, the, the replay at Morn. Yeah. That's the only game I missed. And I missed the final. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a tough one to take, isn't it? Um, Aye. But, but I came round a wee bit. Yeah. Uh, Phil O'Donnell, you mentioned there, of course, he'd Aye. just be a young boy at the time. How, how good Aye. was he? Phil was a great boy. Um, I mean, when he first came into the club, we didn't know if he was going to be a, a left back, a left centre back. He played it in the reserves with me at left centre back quite a bit. Wow. Um, and his debut, I think it was, he played left back against a mum. And I remember Ken McDowell gave him a right brilliant. I said, welcome <laughs> to the Premier League, son. But Paul was a lovely guy. Lovely guy. Yeah, again, he was, a, he was kind of unfortunate in his career in the sense that he picked up a few injuries that he didn't pro- well he fulfilled his potential at Celtic I think but he could have played there longer if he hadn't picked up all these niggle injuries at Motherwell yeah. and was kind of forced to play every week he was playing a Saturday rest of the Wednesday train Thursday Friday play Saturday but yeah. no be quite 100% yeah. yeah but lovely guy lovely guy yeah and I mentioned about uh, Rab McKinnon do you enjoy playing along- alongside him? Rab McKinnon can know him uh, Ten of beans with his left foot. Did he tell you that one? <laughs> uh, I still talk to Rob on Facebook then again. Yeah. Greg, me and him, me and him are, we had a great... That squad, there was such camaraderie in it. It was, it was unbelievable through the whole squad. It was yeah. just... And the cup final squad as well. Like I said, they're probably the best two teams I've played in the middle. Yeah. But for me, the 94-95 season just... Like I said, there was such a feeling. Tommy McLean had built a great team that finished third in the league. And Alex McLeish came in. And he just says, look, we know you're a good team. Go and play. He took the shackles off of us where we, Tommy, would defend, defend, hit the break, defend, defend. Whereas Alex McLeish says, just go and play. And the minute he said that, we had a lot of great football players in that team. Great football players. Jamie Dolan, another one who's sadly going to... Didn't get the, the, the respect he deserved for playing on that team. He made that team tick. Yeah. Brilliant player. Yeah. It, see, your, your first goal for Muller, am I right in thinking it was a volley against Morton? Is that right? Aye, uh, and I think it was for the halfway line as well. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was. Um, <laughs> here's, here's, uh, uh, it was a corner, and I was there to go off for the corner, but Morton had kept a player up, so you keep one in front, maybe about. 20 yards into their half and it both came in and go hey they do it and I went I, I just I went to hit this one and I bang straight in <laughs> and I, I time it gave me a tough time at half time so I'm running across the park isn't it? <laughs> and after the game he says hey, who was that signed for and I said oh somebody behind you gaffer he was giving me a stick all game <laughs> uh, he knew it was for him but <laughs> after the game he told me see you next time don't want you shooting. I want you probably doing and make a pass. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I've just scored my wonder goal. <laughs> see, um, see, you're, you're 94 95 team. You finished second, of course, in, in the table. The, the club was doing so well, wasn't it? That, I mean, Rangers and Celtic in the division in that year. So what was That's the secret, it. do you think? Uh, just good team, good players. Good players. Yeah. Good players. And like I said, like, we feared nobody. If somebody scored one, we always felt we could score two. And I think there was such a happy atmosphere about the place that uh, just success breeds success. Yeah. And if we, we lost back to that season. We lost the first game of the season against Rangers at Ibrox. Yeah. And we played for ten, uh, an hour with 10 men because Rab Shannon was sent off after half an hour for elbowing Basil Bowley in the face. Yeah. And the only reason we lost that game, we got a corner in the last minute and Alex McLeish sent us all up. Bogle played in Knocked out to the edge of the box. Brian Loudrop picked it up. Ran the first full length of the park. Slipped in the big Duncan Ferguson. And he kind of bobbled a shot into the corner. Yeah. And then we go beat to one. Yeah. But to the, uh, the opening game of the season, to, I think there was a, a winter break in December. We were unbeaten. Yeah, that's incredible, isn't it? It's, it's, it's unreal, I think, back then. 
But the team picked itself. Yeah. Every week, it was just same team, same subs. Yeah. See, see, Alex McLeish. A lot of people that, that play under him see his man management was was brilliant. Did you did you find that as well, John? At the time, of course, he was. That was his first job, wasn't it? Aye. But he was still a player manager. Yeah. But I think the the best thing about Alex McLeish is, as far as I've said, he he, he recognised we were a good team and just says, "Go and play." Yeah. Just go and play. But he was always good at the demos <laughs> and saying it. He's like to, he always like to show you how you do it right. <laughs> You're saying, right, Gaffer. Uh, uh, but I like Big Alex. Yeah, he was good. I like Big Alex. Yeah, it was good. You mentioned that. Exactly. He done really well. Ah, he has, yeah, he's done fantastically well. Um, when you you mentioned there, uh, Loudrop, um, was he? Did you come up against him and you thought, oh Jesus, we're in for an afternoon here? Was there any other players that that gave you a rough time? Uh, <laughs> every player. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Well, obviously, they're all fun players, but like Aberdeen as well, Hans Hillhouse, who was oh, the yeah. yeah, he was. I mean, close. my biggest, uh, probably my biggest fault was I wasn't in the quickest. I could read again. Yeah. Um, Willem van der Aert. I always have a, had a tough time against Keith Wright as well. Yeah. Especially in Simon Dundee and uh, the Premier League back then had so many good Every team had good players. Yeah. Harper, John Cahoon, Lee Robo. Yeah. Uh, even Sandy. Playing against Sandy Clark. Yeah. You knew you were in a game there. Yeah. Duncan Shear at Aberdeen as well. Yeah, Big Duncan Ferguson. I mean, the list is endless. Every week you look at the team sheet and they say, oh, we're up against him. Oh, you know, there were a lot of good players by then. A lot of good players. Well, I always like getting into a discussion with one or two model fans in the and saying, you'd beat that team in the noon. You can't win. Yeah, it'd be about four or five now. They wouldn't get a kick in the ball. They just wouldn't be allowed to tackle them. No, exactly. I know you can't, you can't do that anymore. Um, the, the, the Dortmund games, can you, wish, you, wish your memories of uh, those games. Brilliant. One of my best experiences in football. But the minute we left uh, Glasgow, okay, we go to Dortmund, it was like everything just went so smooth. It was probably the, the night before the game, when we went to train at the stadium, it been the best training session ever. And they said everything was done crisp, sharp, bang, 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 everything. Yeah. And if you look at the first half of that game, how we never scored, I don't know. We had there's a wee clip on YouTube that shows seven or eight minutes and, and all middle chances. And there's about six or seven great chances. Yeah. And then they score um sort of middle of the second half, one all but they had a few chances too, but best great experience. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Paul Lambert of course would, would join them uh, shortly right. after then. Um there was a, a, amazing to see what, what he went on and done with him, wasn't it? Oh, could can you believe it? Yeah. Him and Rob McKinnon, I think the the, um, the problem with Motherwell was they didn't think the Bosman Mullen was going to come in. Yeah. And I think they could have kept both the players if they'd just been a wee bit more generous. Yeah. With their wages and signing on fees. No, no a great deal of money. But um, I, I think they thought the, uh, the Bosman Mullen wasn't going to come in then. Obviously it did. And I think Paul went, uh, went to... PSV had first on trial. Yeah, yeah, that's and, right, yeah. And I think it was PSV and they didn't fancy him. Then the next time we know, bang, he's away to Borussia Dortmund. Aye. European champion. <laughs> Unbelievable. And then he comes back to Celtic. What a career he's had at Celtic. Yeah, I know. And Rob McKinnon as well, when he went to, what was it, Eskide? F20. Yeah, F20, yeah. 20 done really well there. Back to half. I mean, he's, he's done great too. Yeah. Um, do you ever fancy a move abroad at all, John? Um, no, I don't. Well, I, I never really came in my mind yeah. that I would be playing abroad. Eh? Yeah, well, I guess like, England is pretty much abroad if you feel like it. Don't get far enough away from me. <laughs> see, um, uh, Big Alex left. Were you disappointed to see him go at the time? Join Hibs? Um, at that time, I, because we're still a good side. Yeah. No, wait a minute. The second season... He did really well at first in the second season. He struggled nicely. I think we just missed relegation. Yeah. If I'm right. Um, but when he left... Uh, Harry, Harry he Cartman was, came in, didn't he? Aye. Uh, I wish he'd stayed. <laughs> I wish the big Alex stayed. <laughs> I'd made a chance to a game with big Alex. 
<laughs> I, I don't say Harry Campman. I, I don't know where the fact him to be honest. <laughs> it's a bit left field, wasn't it? It's just. Um, Aye. I think I think I had uh, Sean Teal on last year. He said he was a nice guy, but he just wasn't suited to to Motherwell no. or anything like that. Well, I was kind of fortunate in the sense that um, I missed the season. They went, I think they went to Finland or something. Yeah. Pre-season and they were up at four o'clock in the morning, doing runs through the forest <laughs> before their breakfast. Back showered four o'clock in the morning. See me. Some of the boys don't know be in. They'll be back to the pub. <laughs> I know a story about Harry Campman is when I, when he freed me um, and I got the still an Albion job I went back for my testimonial yeah. I was uh, that season and he, I went in to see him in his office mm-hmm. just to thank him for allowing me to come back and play blah 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 and the first thing he says to me my son's a good player he says you take him for still an Albion I went eh no I don't think I will Harry thanks very much but no thanks <laughs> <laughs> See, see your testimonial. Who was it? Who was it against? West Ham. West Ham. Yeah. West. Right. How, how did how did you did you just pick them randomly, or did you get a selection of teams or something? How does it work? Um. Well, ideally for me, it should have been Blackburn Rovers the, the year the one the ah, yeah, championship. Yeah. Aye, the premiership. Um, because Kenny Dalglish was in charge, and my father-in-law knows him. My father-in-law is Ian Doyle, used to the snooker yeah. agent. Yeah. He managed Stephen Hendon. He knew Ken and he'd, he'd bring Black. Well, Blackburn was going to come up and play Mother Mary, so we asked for that game. And uh, Alan Dick, who was the secretary at the time, said no. He said, we're only going to have one pre season game at home. Uh, we can't have two before the season starts. So I didn't get him. So uh, Ray Stewart used to play with West Ham. Yeah. Uh, I think he was part of uh, organising my testimonial game against West I'm never coming up. Uh, to be fair, Harry kidnapped and he was brilliant. He came in and spoke yeah. to us. And I got Ian Wright there, who had just signed for West Ham, I think, that week. That was his first. Uh, I got him to sign his jersey for me. <laughs> Big John Hartson, Frank Lampard. Yeah. They were good in there as well. Yeah. So that was a good day for me as well. Yeah, cracking, I'd imagine. Um, you get let go then for Muller Week. You went, went to Still and Albion. Did you feel that the time was right to leave at that point, John? Yeah, I still felt I could have probably maybe had another season or two left in the Premier League, to be honest. Because yeah. uh, I was still in good shape and still fast. But I didn't find it Harry Campbell, I think. Yeah. Um, and when I left, it's funny, I was came back up to Stirling and I was in um, a wee cafe called Corrieri's. And the Stirling Albion chairman, Peter Kenzie, was in. And Kevin Dinkle had just left Stirling Albion. And I was like, you any ideas who's going to be back? He says, no, no, at the moment. I says, well, I says, if you're looking for, I'd like to put my name forward. He says, well, I'll maybe give you a call. And then a couple of days later, he called and asked me to go and meet him. So I went there and that was it. Yeah. Did you always want to go into the sort of management side of things? Eh, uh, no until really late, I'm just here. Yeah. I never really thought about management or coaching until I went to uh, Billy Davis at Motherwell. Yeah. And me, Billy, was a, he was a fanatic. Yeah. He has every training session he's ever done to the day he started at Rangers. Wow. Every wow. training session. What? Fanatic. And his attention to detail is staying to none. Yeah. And me and him go to him. And then they're saying, look, if one of us get a job, we'll take the other one as assistant. Yeah. So when I go off at the Albion job, I, was, I said to Peter, well, I want Billy Davis as my number two. He says, well, let me go and talk to him. So they spoke, and Billy asked for a day or so to think about it. He came back. Motherwell, his contact was up at Motherwell last time, and they offered him, I think it was something like an extra 10 grand, a coaching position with under 15. So he says, look, I'm going to sign the Premier League and stay with Motherwell, which is fair enough, eh? Yeah. So that was it. I ended up at Stirling myself. How did, how did you find the whole juggling the player-manager sort of stuff? Found it hard to be honest because, like, uh, I think what happened to me is I, I didn't. Re- everybody thinks Brian Barn was my number two, because I've seen he go released behind Gambin as well at Motherwell, and um, that Big Buff was just a player. Yeah. Uh, but everybody thought he was the assistant manager, and I found it hard because, like, when you're working on things at training, 
you had to step out the train to make your day right. And that's, I think my fitness level started to drop a bit. And I just, I, to be honest, probably looking back, it, that's my only regret. Yeah. I should have done better as, yeah. as a manager. Yeah. Uh, you went back from there, but were you disappointed, I guess, to leave still in Albion? Was it 2000 you left? You spent a, was it a... I only had a few years there. And yeah. I think I do was coming because, like, when I spoke to the chairman at 40, they're in the second division. They look, we want to use this division. We want to get back into the first. And I said, well, I'll do my, I'll do my best, eh? Um, the third division, actually. And then the first season, we started off reasonably well. We're on a decent run in the league. I think we're sort of three, third or fourth in the league. But then we had a good cup run. Yeah. We beat Hibs, who were on an unbeaten 20 run. Yeah. We drew with them at Easter Road. Um, <laughs> we threw them back to fourth bank. And it was that two weeks later, on the Tuesday night, and George Peebles, who was the uh, assistant manager of Alex Smith, asked them to go and watch Hibs for me on the Saturday in between the games. So, uh, we peeped his way and watched the game. He came back and I saw him. I went round on the Sunday night and he's going, he's the beauty of it. Field laid out. <laughs> and I tapped the door and his wife, Mary, was in, walked in and I said, hi, peeps, how are you? And you know what he would say to the boy? He said, what a team. What a team. How did you manage to do? Because I think they beat more than 4 nothing. Yeah. He says, they are fantastic. <laughs> I'm a peeps. I said, I don't want you to know how good they are. Just tell me how he beat them. And he says, you'll beat them down the wing. He says, they're two full-backs, we'll form and, uh, bombing forward, you'll beat them down. And quite three kicks. Uh, how he won that night, I'll never because Hibs bumped them. They had chance after chance, and they just couldn't score. They couldn't score. Yeah. And then, the funny thing is, we've got Motherwell in the next round. We actually did really well against them. Andy Gorham had two great saves that uh, we go beat 2-1. Yeah, two one, you know, but that was it. Yeah, that was a highlight of my managerial career. <laughs> for the, you went back to Motherwell, didn't you, for a, for a wee spell? I well, we boy took me back as uh, under twenty one. Yeah, like I said, we'd always kind of agreed that one would be a manager, one be an assistant, but then he he brought in Mio to uh, become his assistant, Mio Dragon Volkovic. Yeah, so I got made under twenty one coach. Yeah, but. I always went to the first team on a Saturday. So, I was basically, I mean, you should more or less call me a first team coach because I was there, although I trained the, the young boys, the under 21s, on a Saturday, I was always with the first team. Yeah. Yeah, and, and from there, you left there, and then, did, did you do any more coaching up, upside for that? Is that when you went into the, sort of the, the driving instructing? Aye. Well, I'd sat I'd my... Um, my badge, my instructor's license back in, I think it was 95, 96. Yeah. I was getting to 30, 31, and I was thinking, what am I going to do here, eh? Because um, yeah. you, you can't play football forever. Yeah. And then um, BSM had a conference in it for part, and the guy who ran BSM Scotland, uh, it was a Mullow supporter, David Thompson. So the secretary says, I'll get him to talk to you. And he says, look, you can train you, you can work in the afternoon, we'll be your car. He says, um, you can just get a bit of experience that way. So I sat my three tests, passed them all first time. They gave me a courser, a BSM courser, which I love driving into Ibrox, the BSM. <laughs> <laughs> Next to the big Jags and the BMWs. And the BSM stood for Big Softies Motor. <laughs> and the guy would look at you and I'd go, Motherwell player, <laughs> BSM. <laughs> the thing, I didn't have a triangle under it <laughs> but that was it I became a driving instructor so um, uh, I gave I gave that up when I went back to Motherwell yeah. and then I I picked it back up after I got sacked to Motherwell in October 2001 yeah. after we Billy got the sack yeah uh- and, and that was that. Uh, never fancy going back, back into the game, or you, you had enough by that point. <laughs> I, I don't think I'll ever go back into coaching because I've been out of the game too long, eh? yeah. uh, and the game's moved on. Definitely moved on. Yeah. Uh, so, and to get me back into football, I need to be the right job. 
Um, I was on the shortlist for um, a job at Parkhead, the Celtic, when Martin O'Neill was there, uh, to take the, I think it was under 16s. Uh-huh. But Jim McAnally ended up getting that job. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I've, the only the other thing I've done with football is, I, I just gave up a couple of scenes ago, was the, the Stats Opta. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd go to games, I'd cover games for Opta, and uh-huh. um, just relay possession, who's put teams got the ball, yeah. how many corners, free kicks, stuff like that. Uh-huh. But then, I'd, I'd been doing that sort of two, two and a half years, and I think what killed it for me, I go three games at Stenish Muir in December. <laughs> I sat at the back of that stand saying, what am I doing here? So I gave that up. So I could play golf in the afternoon and the Saturday. Play golf in the Saturday. Aye, quite right. Very good. Lovely stuff. Well, that'll do us there, John. It's been absolutely fantastic having you on. Thank you very much Thanks, for, for coming on. I enjoyed that. A wee bit of reminiscing. A lot of good times. It's funny, you didn't really talk about your career a lot in the sense. It's, but no. it's, it's, it's actually really enjoyed it thinking back. Eh? Uh, it's been not too bad a career, eh? That's, that's, a lot of boys would get a right answer. Oh, absolutely. I, we, 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 sit back and have a look back. You realise it's, it's uh, the sort of stuff. You don't, you play that's one thing that's so true. You don't appreciate it at the time. Aye. You don't appreciate it at the time. Aye. I mean, it's a, it's a great life for anybody who can get any of it. As long as you can make a decent living out of it, nah, you're not under too much pressure, but... It's, it's, you don't enjoy. You, you don't realise how good that. Aye, well, it's, you're a long time retired, aren't you? Aye, you can say that again. <laughs> Actually, I think now I'm coming up oh, 20 years. It's coming up to say I've been driving this time. Well, 2002 will be uh, 22. will be 20 years uh, wow. driving this sector, and I started in A4. No, yeah, no, no, I was away. I would say it's almost as long out the game as it was in the game. Aye, aye. But not quite, not quite. That's mental. 1980, 1980, aye, it was. 1980, 2000. Aye, that's 20 years. 20 years, yeah. Wow. Aye. Wow, two careers then, isn't it? It's crazy. <laughs> 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 Time flies when you're having fun, eh? Aye. Uh, That was episode 99 of the Talking Football Podcast with John Philibin. I hope you enjoyed it as ever. Remember, if you want to listen to any previous episodes, you can catch them all on pretty much all podcast platforms and also on our website, talkingfitball.co.uk, where you'll also find a whole lot of great articles on there. If you're on Twitter, you can follow us at Talking underscore Football, and we're on Facebook and YouTube as well. And if you want to sponsor the podcast, you can do just that. Just visit the Get Involved page on the website or email us at contact at derekclarksport.co.uk. Hope you can join me again next week for our 100th episode with special guest Chris Wales. But until then, keep safe and bye for now.